Hey, this is Pastor Mark. You do not want to miss this week's podcast. You're going to laugh till you cry, but it's good tears. They're good tears. So, man, tune in. Listen to this podcast. It's going to inspire you, encourage you, and, and prayerfully help bring change that you desire in your life. God bless you. Thanks for listening. Good morning. Well, a couple of things before we hold our Bibles up. Number one, the kids can be dismissed. Um, we're doing this, we're attempting or trying this out. Seems to be working rather well for 90 plus percent of the people. If you're a part of the 5 to 10 percent, let me apologize and say it's working well. Um, but one of the things I love is I love our kids being in here watching their parents worship. You're teaching them worship. You're training them. We're not talking about it. We're not giving them a subpar experience. So I love having children in here. I hope you can go with it uh, and, uh, and just really pray for us if you disagree. And if God changes our mind, it'll be because of your prayers. Uh, the other thing is, this is a little more serious note. It, it's really a strange situation. Um, I was contacted this week uh, concerning uh, a, a nationally known case that, that it was about to happen uh, next week. Uh, Matt Crouch from TBN called me, and, uh, and then Dr. Phil was supposed to call me last night, and I'm still waiting on that call. Um, there was, you're familiar with this case that was supposed to be a, a prisoner executed uh, next week by the name of Richard Glossop. Uh, for some reason, Dr. Phil got involved, and for some reason, they called me. No, I, I, I was like, I, I'm sitting there having this conversation with Matt Crouch, and the thing is, there's so many components to this that I'm not trying to push either way. That's not the point here. But, you know, in this case, I asked a lot of questions, and they just said, would you please inform your church that on Tuesday at 10 a.m., uh, Dr. Phil will be at the state capitol and, and, and really just rallying, not just only for this case, but for several other things. And I've yet to talk to him, and I wish I could have talked to him last night. I would have explained his position on this. But uh, anyway, I'm making you aware of it. Uh, if you want to do the research, the prisoner's name is Richard Glossop. And uh, there's always a lot of emotion. And pray for those who have, have to determine what to do. But the Supreme Court overturned the execution or uh, presented a stay of execution for this guy for about the third or fourth time. Um, so it was just kind of weird to me. And so anyway, I wanted to let you know, if you have any questions, I'll be in the lobby, any input or whatever. Uh, but I, I did feel like after talking to Matt Crouch that this was worth a, uh, a presentation that if you would like to be there and find out more, uh, 10 o'clock on the uh, south side of the state capitol, all right? So let's stand, hold our Bibles up high. Y'all are slow today. What's up? The Bible says I can do. Today I'll be taught the Word of God, and I boldly confess my mind is alert, my heart is receptive, and I will never be the same again. Never, never, never. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated Continuing this series on the three parts or the three challenges that we have. Number one is our human nature oftentimes says, I'm not enough. Basically, I'm not good enough. I'm not good enough to be blessed. I'm, I'm not enough for the person I'm married to. I'm not enough. I'm not enough. And we all battle that. We look in the mirror and we battle that. Some of the most fantastic people in the world battle this thought, I'm not enough. Well, then we go to, I don't have enough. 
I don't have enough of what? I don't have enough confidence. I don't have enough courage. I don't have enough to believe that I am enough. And so this is where we have to start changing how we think. We have to start positioning ourselves to think the right way. Because as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. So we have to create in our minds a a biblical thinking and align ourselves and align our thinking with the Bible. Because when you make a mistake, you oftentimes say, that mistake confirms my thought about myself that I'm not enough. And so your mistake begins to define you instead of allowing God's word to define you. The Bible says, though a righteous man falls seven times, he rises again. And so everybody makes mistakes. Everybody fails. Everybody. The problem with humanity is we tend to measure other people's mistakes by their actions and our mistakes by our intentions. Well, you know, I didn't mean it. Well, do you believe they meant it or was it actually, did they really mean it or was it just a mistake? So I want to get us to a place where we, we can actually acknowledge any wrong done without allowing it to affect how we perceive ourselves. See, when you're created in the image and likeness of God, you're the apple of his eye. When you know those truths, even when you mess up, you can at least see yourself through the lens of the blood of Jesus Christ, which means now I know I can get back up and I can start again. Too often we just stay down and we say, I don't deserve to be up. You never did. You never did to start with. No matter how good you were, you were never good enough to get everything that God has for you, and neither am I. But because he's God enough, we get all that he has. Now, today I'm going to talk about being in the right place. It's very important that we not take every day for granted and get up and just go through every day by rote. In other words, this is what I do Monday through Friday. This is what I do on Saturdays. This is what I do on Sundays. This is where I go Monday through Friday. This is where I go Saturday. This is where I go Sunday. This is the route I take to work Monday through Friday. This is the route I take to the golf course or wherever on Saturday. And hopefully to church on Sunday. The problem with that and is I'm given to that kind of life because of my personality type. I'm given to those routines. When I get out of rhythm, when I get out of routine, I'm not really that good. I like that. But what I've realized is that there are times that God will take us places and change things, not for the sake of confusing us and disturbing us, but for the, play, the, the, the reason of bringing blessing on our lives. And so that gets hard when you get up in the morning, and I would suggest this week that maybe you take this. See, information's great, but information without application is simply information. <laughs> so, see, people say, well, I'm smart, I'm intelligent. That's great. I'm glad you have information, but are you applying the information that you have? Or are you just going around letting everybody know how smart you are? You see, the reason we come to church is not because we're dumb or because we, we, we're deficient, it's because we're in love with Jesus, and when we get here, we think, just maybe, just maybe Jesus will say something through somebody today, or through a song, or through somebody that shakes my hand. Maybe today, I will have a God encounter. Maybe today, I'll have a God encounter. 
Maybe today something will happen. A door will be open. You've been sitting at home praying God open doors, but you never go anywhere to allow God to open a door. You don't put yourself in a place for God to do something. One man wrote, everything you want is somewhere. You belong somewhere. You don't belong everywhere. You will succeed somewhere. You will not succeed everywhere. You see, I was in a church in 2016, sitting, minding my own business. Never, I have not been back to that church. It was a one-time, one-shot deal where I thought, I'm just going to go. This is where I think I need to be. It was in that church. It wasn't what the pastor preached. I'm sitting in a place, and I begin to feel this impression from God to come back to Oklahoma City. It was the weirdest thing. I had thought, this is done, it's over, and, and, and I'm, I'm just, I'm fine. Me and God are great. But I had put myself in a place where uh, I could hear the voice of God. I, I'm not sure I would have heard it anywhere else. Maybe I would have, and some people would argue, well, that's just, you know, that's just a coincidence. When you get really born again and led by the Spirit, you realize things that you thought were a coincidence were ordained by God. That your steps, the Bible says the footsteps of the righteous are ordered by the Lord. Some of you think you don't hear God. I would venture to say everyone in here has heard God. Not everyone in here has believed it was God. Not everyone in here did what God said do. That, that inner voice, that impression, maybe not an audible voice, but you know. And people say, well, God just never speaks to me. He's speaking to you all the time. He's speaking to me all the time. Now, whether I listen or not, that's a different thing. So some people position themselves in prayer, and that's great. But sometimes I, there was a time, I, and, and I, I, I thought, God, I'm pressing in, I'm pressing in, I'm praying. And, and literally in my spirit, I felt like God said, would, would you just, just, and don't take this offensively if you're very sensitive, would you please shut up? And God said, why don't you let me talk to you? I thought prayer was all about me going to God. A lot of prayer is sitting in his presence and saying, God, today I'm just going to sit here and I want you to put something in me. I'm asking you for direction. I'm asking you for guidance. I'm asking you to order my steps. So I'm going to talk about putting yourself in that place today where you find a place. I had for many years what I call my prayer chair. That was where I went. That was my place where I felt like I could hear God. You say, well, that's just weird stuff. You do weird stuff all the time. We all do. We all have strange things that we don't think are strange because we've become so accustomed to doing them that it's no longer strange. Some people think it's strange to go to church to worship an invisible God. We see it as totally normal, but some people say, well, you know, how do we know? I mean, there are all these questions that we process in our human mind that we overthink the simple things. So let's just say somebody says, well, I, I, I don't know if I, there is a God. Do you have a better idea? <laughs> is, is there a better idea that, that the story goes, one man sent from heaven, came to earth, lived 33 years, and it's recorded that he died for the sins of all mankind, past, present, and future, and he rose from the dead so that we could live. Now, if you can come up with a better story than that, Buddha didn't do it, Muhammad didn't do it, 
No other person is recorded having done that for everybody else. So I'm thinking to myself, yeah, I've never seen God, but I can't find a better story that fits what I need. Because the reality is Christianity is it's based on faith. And, and again, throughout history, I could go list after list, God proving himself, seeing things happen and miracles, and people say, I, I, there's no way to explain it. I was listening to a story about a, a police officer who was attacked, and, and the, 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 the guy that attacked him stabbed him in the head. The knife went three inches in, through his skull into his brain. They, they were sure he was going to die, and, and if he didn't die, he wasn't going to walk again. All the list of things he wasn't going to do again. But when the surgeons got in there, literally, the brain that controls his ability to speak, to walk, to do everything, every situation, the blade missed by one milliliter or millimeter, just very small. He came out of it and lived. Now, you can say, well, lucky is he. But the reality is God knows our time on earth. He, and he's not going to let things happen prematurely. So when people say, well, they died early, well, that depends on who you ask. I can promise you anyone who's died that has been a Christian, they don't want to come back. Now, we want them back, but they don't want. Once you, I am convinced, once we see the glory of God, once we're in the presence of God, once we're in glory, once we're in heaven. Now, I'm not trying to get anybody to die today. That's not the point here. But the reality is, that we no longer have to fear death because our steps are ordered by God. So we have to put ourselves in a place that allows God to be God. So here's number one. When you find the right place, in that place you will find provision. It's very important that you give yourself to the right place because in the right place is the provision of God. Some people get mad at their job. Some people get fired, and you get mad at the company for firing you. But I have known numerous people who were terminated. One particular gentleman worked for a major computer firm, and uh, he just had so happened to help someone on, on his off day with a computer situation. The company found out and terminated him. He had been with them a long time. He had done nothing wrong. He's a good Christian man. And I sat down with him, and, and he was broken. And I said, look, I know this for sure, that either God allowed this for, for a purpose, and, and I believe he did. And I said, so we have to believe that God had a, at least a purpose behind this. Sure enough, long story short, it wasn't any time, maybe a year or two, he was the happiest person ever because God had something for him that he would have never done had he not been terminated. So sometimes trouble actually opens the door to a miracle of God. We get mad at somebody. We get mad at a company. If you ever get terminated, you need to send a thank you card to the company. Say, you know what? There's a reason behind this, and you may not understand it, and you may not like me, and you think you terminated me because I'm not a good employee in your mind, but the reality is my footsteps are ordered by God, so something out there is better, and I pray for your company. I don't curse it. I bless it because God has a blessing for me. So the provision, now Elijah the Tishbite from Tishba in Gilead said, to Ahab, as the Lord of the God, a God of Israel lives, whom I serve, there will be neither dew nor rain in the next few years except by the, 
at my word. Leave here, turn eastward, hide in the Kareth Ravine, east of the Jordan. You will drink from the brook. I have directed the ravens to supply you with food there. Now, God didn't say, look, hey, I got this. Don't worry about it, I'm going to take care of you. God says, no, I want you to go to this place. You see, and I, I'm, I'm going to be a pastor this morning, and I'm probably going to meddle a little bit. But as Christians, we think we can just do whatever we want. You can get mad at me, and you can go to another church. But maybe God wants you to be mad at me. I don't want you to be. But maybe it will stir something in you that makes you think, why am I angry? I mean, you can say whatever you want to me, and you should not be able to make me angry. Because that's just your opinion. That's all it is. And I have valued your opinion more than God's word. So when people say, you make me mad, what they're basically saying is, in this moment, you have more power than the Holy Spirit. Because if the Holy Spirit is resident in our lives, he should be almighty, all-powerful. And that when someone comes against you verbally, you can look at them and you can respond with, I'm so sorry you feel that way, or thank you for sharing. Because people, people will have opinions. Opinions are like noses. Everybody has one. And some of those opinions are bigger than others. So what we have to do is we have to guard ourselves against that situation. Secondly, in the right place, you will find the protection of God. Whoever dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. Surely He will save you from the fowler's snare and from deadly pestilence. Hello, COVID. When we put ourselves in the shelter... We get God's strength. We're sheltered and we're strengthened. So I can't just go anywhere I want, do whatever I want, and ask God to bless my steps. Instead, I'm looking and saying, God, what are your steps and where do you want me to be? Because let's face it, there are places in the world that we all would look and say, man, that would be incredible to be there. That would be incredible to live there. And, and the list goes on, uh, and, and we could be in a different place. We could say, well, you know, here's where I want to be. Let me just say this. There's only one place any of us should want to be, and that's where God wants us. I mean, Oklahoma, Kansas, North Dakota, great people, but let's face it. We have no oceans, and we have no mountains. <laughs> but we have incredible people. Finest people. I don't care what Joel Osteen says. They're the finest people in all of Houston, Texas. <laughs> Oklahoma has some of the finest people I've ever met in my life. So I can look beyond. The, well, I don't even have to look beyond the mountains because I can see you for about five miles away. <laughs> but what we have to realize is if God puts us in a place, it's not our job to critique the place. It's our job to worship him in that place and to be happy in that place. See, I don't like where I'm at right now. Well, why don't you start liking it, and maybe it will change. Because your perspective changes. But in that place, that's where God protects you. 
when we get outside of the place that he's ordained is when it becomes risky. The reason I'm alive today is not because in my darkest day I held on to God. It's because in my darkest days God held on to me. It is his faithfulness that is great, not mine. You see, some people think that when, when things happen, that it's just happenstance. And, and that sometimes things happen and we really can't explain it. Mm, let's start with Jesus. 30 years old, he starts preaching, healing all who were sick and oppressed of the devil. And within three years, there was a love-hate relationship. There were those who loved him, and there were those who hated him. And he was the son of God. But Jesus knew why he was sent to earth. You see, we don't talk a lot about why we were sent here, why we were born into the family we were born into, what we can do with that situation. We don't talk about that. Because that puts responsibility on us. See, a lot of people in the world put responsibility on God. Well, I can't believe God let this happen. Where were you when it happened? What were you doing when it happened? Why were you there when it happened? Well, I just wanted to be there. Well, did you ask God? Did you pray? Did you get up in the morning and just give God a little bit of time and say, God, today, I want, I want to walk in your footsteps. We must put ourselves in a place for God's blessing to come. Now, it doesn't mean that you're a bad person. It doesn't mean God doesn't love you. It doesn't mean you're not trying. Don't feel condemned. But realize this, that we have a huge role to play in whether or not we're going to experience what God has for us. I said this a couple of weeks ago. The love of God is unconditional. God's going to love you regardless of how stupid you are, how obedient you are, how smart you are. It doesn't matter. God loves you. The challenge is that mankind has connected love to blessing. Well, if God really loved me, God would bless me. No, 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 no. You see, God's role is love because he is love. Our role is obedience, which connects us to blessing. Blessings are not unconditional. Blessings come with condition. For instance, one condition is God said, unless you forgive, you won't be forgiven. There is a condition there. If you're obedient, he said, I'll bless you in the city and the country coming in going out, Deuteronomy 28. But the second half of Deuteronomy 28 is if you don't, here are the curses. So now we blame God for the curse when in reality you've been disobedient your whole life and you've asked God to bless your disobedience. God doesn't bless disobedience. And it's not because he's angry with us. He's saying, your disobedience is not good for you. I'm not holding back the blessing. You're holding back the blessing. Because you have chosen your own way instead of my way. The Bible clearly states the path of the righteous is like the first gleam of dawn shining ever brighter till the full light of day. So if things are getting darker, you might say, hold it, maybe I'm going north and I ought to be going south. I need to change my direction. I need to put myself in a place of blessing. I could have a church anywhere in the world. I'm not sure that it would be anything like Mosaic because this is the place that God put me. This is where I'm supposed to be. And I have no plans to leave it. 
For those of you who have been wishing I would, you might want to go ahead and start looking elsewhere. I'm going nowhere. For those of you who are glad, trust me, everything's good. I'm here. And, and so I say that not arrogantly, but, but just to let you know, I know where I'm supposed to be. And you have to be planted in that place. So if you look and you say, well, you know, I don't like the fact that the kids are in for worship. I don't like this or like that. You know what? That's not how we roll. God, you sent me to Mosaic Church. And maybe there are things you want to change in me instead of me changing Mosaic Church. We're just trying this thing. I'm not leaving because I'm mad. I'm not going to leave a church because I'm mad. If you leave this church mad, you'll go to the other one mad. And no pastor wants you. We don't need other mad. We have plenty. Everybody has plenty of mad people. We don't need any more mad members. I get a shirt. No mad member. Because, you know, the reality is nobody hits a home run every time. Even Judge, the New York Yankees doesn't hit a home run every time. Aaron Judge, yeah, he's a great player. But he never hits it out of the park every time. So if we stop and say, I'm going to quit measuring everything around me, and I'm going to start measuring everything within me. Why do I get angry? Why do I feel hurt? Why am I frustrated? Why do I feel slighted by God? Start asking yourself the question instead of looking and saying, it's your fault. We blame other people and we blame God. Why? Because we don't want to take responsibility for the choices we've made. I didn't put myself in a position to be protected. I did my own thing. I disregarded what God wanted. Thirdly, in the place that you're supposed to be is the power that you'll need for life. So you'll have provision, you'll have protection in the right place, and you will experience power. Places matter. God made places before he made people. When you receive a divine instruction, you are often sent to a specific place it happened in the life of elijah just as i'd shared it happened in the life of jesus and the disciples and he will show you a large upper room furnished and prepared there make ready even that moment in the upper room god said that's where i'm going to visit I will pour out my spirit. He didn't say I'll pour it out just anywhere. It's going to be all over. He said, I will pour out my spirit in that upper room. Go there. It happened when the Holy Spirit birthed the early church. It's exactly what he... It was the secret in the healing of the Syrian general when he was told to go dip seven times in the Jordan. And his complaint was... We've got waters where I come from that are cleaner than the Jordan. Yeah, but God said, go dip yourself. And he didn't say one time. He said seven times, go dip yourself in the Jordan. The man could have, and he almost went away angry. He was talked into coming back to the place of his miracle. See, we have this tendency to think, well, God's God. He can do it anywhere. Yeah, God is God. He can do it anywhere. But he's looking For our faith and our obedience. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. So God says, I'm giving you opportunity to exercise faith. So whenever you think everything's going bad, say, this must be God. I'm having to exercise faith. I'm having to believe that Jesus will do what he said he would do. I'm having to believe that. And yet we we look to heaven 
And we say, well, you know, God's never done anything for me. Nothing that I can ever pinpoint. Let me ask you, when's the last time, and you've heard this many times, that you did something for the first time? When's the last time you did something for the first time? Because we're so given to habits and routines that we don't even include God in our daily lives. Doesn't mean you're a bad person. Doesn't mean you're not a Christian. It doesn't mean you're not wonderful. It simply means you haven't put yourself in a place for God to bless you. Some of you watching from home. Some of you watching and you've never been back in church since COVID. And you're actually really fine with that. And yet I would propose to you that you're missing out on a lot of things. You're missing out on a lot of things. So you're watching from all over the country. We, we get stats, people watching from all over the world, watching us on YouTube and all that. Find a church. Find a place that God will introduce you to ideas and people and love and companionship and friendship and so many things that contribute to our emotional well-being. Everybody's looking for a place. I never forget the sitcom Cheers where everybody knows your name. You know, people are looking for a place to be accepted, a place to be loved. And many people are looking in all the wrong places. And, and they, 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 for a moment, they, they're, they're happy, but it, it's gone in a fleeting moment because that is not the place of their blessing. That may be the place of acceptance by some people, but it's not the place of God's blessing. On the day of Pentecost was being fulfilled. All the disciples were gathered in one place. Suddenly they heard the sound of a violent blast of wind rushing into the house from out of the heavenly realm. The roar of the wind was so overpowering it was all anyone could hear. Then all at once a pillar of fire appeared before their eyes, separated in tongues of fire that engulfed each one of them. They were all filled and equipped with the Holy Spirit and when inspired to speak in tongues, empowered by the Spirit to speak in languages they had never learned. Now, in today's world, you know, obviously, the gifts of the Holy Spirit have always been very controversial. And, and many people have thrown the baby out with the bathwater. We, we give no more credence to the Holy Spirit. We give no more credence to the power of the Holy Spirit. It went from, we, you know, we couldn't talk about Jesus, we could mention God, but then we can't talk about the Holy Spirit because... The fact is that I've always told people, you may not believe in God, but the minute you get cancer, you will. You may not believe in miracles, but the moment that somebody walks out on you, you will. And I don't say that to be disrespectful or insensitive. All I'm saying is this, that we oftentimes only include God at the level of our pain or our disaster. We don't include him every day. We don't, we don't put ourselves in a place every day until we feel that we have to. And again, man, if that's the case, keep doing it. It's better than nothing. But why wouldn't we live a preventative life? A life that says, I want to have the best life I could ever possibly have. What does that take? It takes putting yourself in a place where God can do what God wants to do. It was the command of Jesus to a blind man, and he said it to him, go wash in the pool of Siloam, which is by interpretation the pool of scent. He went away, therefore, and washed and came seeing. 
He could have said, man, that's, I'm not going to do that. That's just too much work. I'm not going to go to church. That's just too early. That's just too much work. The preacher is, preaches too long and the music is too loud and the people are just dumb. I can give a million reasons for the things I don't want to do. But what I have found is sometimes the things I don't want to do are the very things God wants me to do. I don't like forgiving people who are stupid. I really don't. But I know that if I don't, why should I be forgiven? You see, we're so, because we're in America, we're so worried about our comfort. I love what Steve Harvey says. If you want to be successful, you must be comfortable being uncomfortable. Everybody wants success, but what we don't realize is it creates this uncomfortable feeling. It requires something of us, and so we have to find comfort in being uncomfortable. But nobody wants that. Everybody wants God to just supernaturally do everything for us. God, I just, I just want you to be my butler. I want you to be my magician. I want you to be whatever. But I challenge you to ask yourself the question this week, am I where God wants me so that I can experience the blessing of God? Am I where he wants me to be? See, that's all I would want for anybody is you say, well, Pastor, I'm thinking about moving to Arizona, wherever. I'd ask you this one question. Did the Spirit of God lead you there? Or are you just running there? Well, I like the heat. I like this. I like that. I don't really care what you like. The devil loves to take us places we like, but not the places God wants us. I want the blessing of God, but I know I have to walk in the Spirit of God. I believe it's Joyce Meyer who's praying one time. She says, God, I've been walking by the Spirit for 20 years. She's praying And she said, I felt like the Holy Spirit stopped me. He said, no, 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 no. You've walked by the Spirit for two years, and I've dragged you the other 18. You see, the reality is that oftentimes we think we're all about it, and we're all walking in the Spirit, when in reality, God's dragging us half the time because he loves us. I don't want to be dragged by God or drugged by God. I want to be led by God. I want to be led by his spirit. And that's where you're going to find the provision of God, the protection of God, and the power of God. If you'll walk it out, you'll see God do what only God can do. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for your patience with us. Lord, I pray that no one feels condemned They've been out of place. Any of us have been out of place. That's not what this is about. It's about reminding us how much you love us, every detail of our lives. That you let some things happen, and you don't let other things happen. And when we don't understand it, our question is not why. Our question is what. What now, God? Obviously, you close that door, which means you're going to open another one. So, Lord, I thank you. I'm going to put myself in the right place for you to provide for you to protect, and for you to empower me to live the life that you've called me to live. With every head bowed, every eye closed, and just no one moving around, just for a moment, and those of you watching on YouTube, watching on Facebook, wherever you're watching from, take this moment right now, just, just when's the last time that you just sat silent for three to five minutes and said, okay, God, here I am. 
I'm putting myself in a place for you to address me. Maybe it's a feeling inside your heart. Maybe it's uh, this inner voice. Whatever it might. Maybe it's the Word of God speaking to you. But give us this moment. We're all going to pray this prayer. Because there are those of you watching right now that you've said to yourself, I'm not enough and I don't have enough. And God is saying today, it's okay because I'm more than enough. And if you'll turn to me, I will fill your life. I will lead your life. I won't demand it of you. But if you ask me, I will do it. Pray this with me. Say, Father God, thank you so much for loving me so much that you gave your only son to die on the cross for my sin. Jesus, thank you for giving your life for me. Today I give my life to you. I repent of my sin and I declare today I'm saved. Amen. If you prayed that prayer, those of you watching online now and those of you watching a recorded version of this, I want you to text the word SAVED to 405-500-1310. Please text the word SAVED to 405-500-1310. Very important that, that you take that step and make that confession and don't be ashamed that you've made that decision. We all need Jesus. We all need forgiveness. Hello, this is Pastor Mark Crow. I just want to take a quick moment to thank you for joining us online. We hope you have a blessed week this week and get to be a blessing to those around you. I want to invite you to join us at Mosaic Church OKC next week at 9.30 a.m. and 11 a.m. or join us online. God bless you.